0: It's Sunday evening in the state of Georgia. It is chilly if you're outside on your back deck like I am, which is a silly thing to do, but you don't want your kid's background noise clogging up our NFL draft, NFL mock draft. I'm Dane Young. That's Brent Rollins. Typically, Paul Meharry hosts the show, but he got the call from 11 Alive saying, come hang out with us in our warm, toasty studio and not the cold back deck. And so he's there, and I'm here. And this all kind of worked out anyway because we wanted to do an NFL mock draft, including some of our favorite uh, members of UGA Sports joining us. Brent Rollins is one of those. Jason Butts, one of those. He's just joining us on the fly. What's up, Jason?
1: Love We're it. We're
0: live on air, by the way. So he's getting his audio set up here. Uh, Brent, hello. Thanks for joining the uh, Sunday call-in show.
1: So it's it's. I got a question for, for you though, Dane, with with mock drafts and how much we sort of look at this and all of us, is there one that you don't click on? Like do you I mean or I mean I guess certain ones maybe, but you know, from the main guys that do mock drafts, it's hard not to click on them every time you see them. Most of the time I want to see what's up. I walter football I kind of avoid
0: because I don't want my computer to die and sometimes some of those pop-ups will feel like you're being affected. If you I think he's whatever. back, Jason Butt is back. I am. Hold on one second. <laughs> we're holding. We'll pause the whole show. Nate's asking, uh, "Are we answering questions?" It's like I, it's like
2: I've never done this before.
0: If you have good <laughs> questions, I mean, you do work with Paul on a weekly basis, <laughs> so if this is the standard, we're used to it. Oh, yeah, no, that's bad. All right, there we go. Um, it, at least you showed up. Ben Choppy Bachman's not here at all. Oh, that, that's
2: that's standard. He usually is. <laughs> he's usually a little late.
0: Uh, If that's the case, we'll be doing some restructuring on the fly here. That's Jason Butt, Brent Rollins, I'm Dane Young. Uh, We'll likely have been Bachman at some point, and if not, whatever. Um, This is going to be a fun show. We're talking a little Georgia spring practice to kick it off, and then we're going to do a first-round mock draft of NFL teams. We'll use the PFF uh, draft board. Speaking of, here he is himself, and uh, while y'all talk spring practice, I'm going to have to re-divvy up some of these boards, and we've done so much preparation and research that no one knows who they're even drafting for, so you're going to get our real-time reactions on things we probably don't know. Other than Choppy, he may know everything about the Ravens and what they need to do.
1: <laughs> I bet he does.
0: Two positions. I bet he does. Um, um, Nate has a first question. We'll kick this off as y'all go into spring practice. And then Brent, if you'll kind of guide the conversation from there, he wants to know who's the RB number one. I, guys, you tell me, I, I think it's pretty clear that Kendall Milton is the head of the pack here.
1: Yeah, but also who cares? I, I, it's one, it's they play them all. I mean, yeah. and they're, you're going to see a bunch of them play and you're going to, you know, hot hand and. Different guys in there, at different times. I just they're going to play them all. Keep them healthy. That's that's sort of my answer.
3: I'm, I'm just, just curious had... who's going to catch the ball the most of the running backs. It's probably the most curious I am about that room. To be honest with you, who's the Macintosh? Who's James Cook? It's the only thing I'm
0: curious about. Brent, I know you had three things uh, spring practice wise you wanted to kind of mention. So let you those out there, uh, Jason and Ben. If y'all kind of chime in as you can, I'm going to go silent for like two minutes and figure out who we're drafting in this mock draft coming up.
1: So obviously the quarterback is the talk of the spring and who's going to be that. And we probably likely don't know the answer sort of to that. And I think it's one of those things where every talk positive talk that comes out about the quarterback is kind of garbage in a way, because it's more likely that someone is going to lose the job than someone actually win the job. But I will say this, I thought that I had, and I was going to write up an article about it, but I thought we'd just sort of chat it up here. Could you see a, Harbaugh, a Kirby Smart doing what Harbaugh did last year where the first two, maybe even four games, each guy gets a start or two? You know, you're one and you're two, and he actually plays them both early on until one guy distinguishes themselves. Could that happen?
3: I told that last week. Jason, didn't I say that with Gunner and, and Beck? Because this is yeah. my opinion. If they want to keep two quarterbacks, and let's say Gunner's the guy – if you say that in the spring, you're going to be down to one scholarship quarterback because there's no way Brock and Beck are going to stay, knowing this guy's years behind us and he's going to start. So, if Gunner had a real chance of starting, they'd have to do that. They would, because otherwise, you're risking only having one scholarship quarterback. Then we're going, it's Jackson, must champ bearer if an injury happens, which that's typical. It would follow on the Stetson route. But I don't think Georgia wants to go that route again if they don't have to. And I think if they do that, it probably means Gunner is the guy they like the most, but they want to keep both quarterbacks having a, a chance and make sure they have two scholarship quarterbacks throughout the season.
0: I'm interrupting Jason. Do you want to draft for the Falcons or do you not want to draft for the Falcons? Oh, uh, yeah, I can,
2: I can do that. That's fine.
0: I figure you know more yeah. about them
2: than maybe. Not, not this group. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I was my end covering them was right, at, right when the new regime showed up. So I have no insight really at this point. Well, it was you or Brunt, and y'all were both connected to the Falcons way more than I am. You know, <laughs> I'm going to for the Saints, as you were. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to be creative in terms of how they address, uh, you know, how the position unfolds. It's in the transfer portal era. You, you don't, you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have the situation where, as in years past, uh, a player who didn't win the job after the fall then has to be with the team all year per se, and, and then you, you leave. I mean, I mean, I guess that, that, that players can check out. You have to keep them uh, engaged as long as possible, and so that's kind of the, the trick they have here. Uh, if if Carson Beck goes you know, from here to the starting job and doesn't relinquish it at all, uh, you're probably talking about it. If it's pretty apparent that that's going to be the case, you're looking at Brock Vandegrift transferring. If Brock Vandegrift gets the job before and it's apparent it's going to be him over – Carson Beck. Carson Beck probably leaves before the season starts. And then as Ben said, if it's if it's Gunnar Stockton, you're looking at two guys possibly leaving. So they have to be really creative in terms of uh, of of uh, communicating uh, this this competition so that they don't end up in a situation where uh, one quarterback leaves too early. It's one of those things where they probably rather have two leave in the off season, after this season in the offseason. Um, if they have to go with Gunner. So it's I don't envy the situation given the the new era that, that we are in in college football, but um, that's just the reality of it. And so you have to continue to stockpile talent as best as possible. And so, uh, you know, this, this group uh, has to uh, – Kirby and them have to figure it out. So is
1: Kirby, is Kirby going to have this on repeat? You know, both guys are – all three guys are really competing. They look good. Yes. You know, some of them make – you know, each of them has a bonehead play, but they also have, you know, two or three great plays each each practice. It just kind of – we're, we're still working. We're still competing. They're, they're still working their tails off, both of them, you know, or all three of them. You know, I, I, that, you're that you just going to hear that over and over and over again. You'll
2: hear him. I think you'll hear him uh, name check uh, each quarterback very strategically at different times to build up confidence. I'll talk one guy up. Then the next week it's this guy and then this guy. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. He's, he's going to send messages through the media as best as he can um, they're that in a good already spot. started too.
0: That yeah. started at the national championship with Gunnar Stockton, exactly I'm just kind of reminding people of like this guy can be something next year. And say, like, who else got a shout out for their scout team work? There were other people that had great scout team work preparing for TCU. And <laughs> right. look, all of us that cover Georgia with UGA Sports, we have a group text with all of us in it. And we kind of share some things that we hear. And a back and forth that we had just internally as a team, we talked to different people around this when it comes to quarterbacks. And some people have heard Carson Beck, odds on favorite to get the job, going to have an incredible year, great. Others have heard he may not be the one. And it may be a Grift that hops in there. And, and so I think a lot of different people that touch this program at Georgia have a lot of different opinions. All that I'll say, none of those opinions matter except for one, and it's Kirby Smart because he will pick the starting quarterback. It doesn't matter what, frankly, what Mike Bobo wants. I mean, I'm sure they'll come to a consensus, but mm-hmm. th- there was a while there that Todd Munkin likely wanted to go Carson Beck over Stetson Bennett, mm-hmm. and
3: he got overruled.
0: Yep. That was Very what true. I was
3: telling Jason was Bobo's guy has always been for a long time Gunner Stockton. He recruited him as a freshman in high school, and he knew him when he was a little kid. So, like, there's always been that little part to me where Bobo's always known Gunner, and has always been such a big fan that I always have the sneaky suspicion because – Munkin loves Carson Beck. That switch, I think it might mean a little bit more than what some people said are oh, all, I don't think it's going to matter at all. I think it might have a little bit more of a meaning since Bobo is such, so high on Gunner, and Munkin was so high on Beck. I think there might be just a little, I'm not saying that that's going to be what decides it, but I just think that there's a little something there that might help Gunner a little bit.
1: Second practice point, sort of observation-wise, the two Smiths. No brace, no sleeve, running free and running, you know, the one video clip that we've sort of you know seen and that, you know, the guys saw in the practice observations or a little bit that they got to see those guys running behind the defense. Like that to me is a big, big, big deal to keep both of those guys healthy to have that true deep threat uh, on the outside.
2: Yeah, we've touched on this uh, so far on this show and then just uh, from what people on our sites has written about and posted on the board. I mean, this, this receiving group has the chance to have uh, some of the, the best speed probably from uh, – yeah, that, that it's ever had. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable, and Arian Smith plays a, a big part of that too. C.J. Uh, Smith as well. But, you know, Arian Smith, you saw what he did against Ohio State. Even if the DB doesn't fall down, it's probably still a touchdown. Uh, he he, the, having that ability to take the top off the defense, and if he's able to stay healthy, at this this receiving core uh, will, you know, could put up some ridiculous numbers and really make teams pay. Kind of like the way Alabama did a couple years
3: ago when they had the the trio of really fast receivers that are now all in the NFL. I think the sneaky big thing for Georgia next year is the offensive line. If Ernest Green stays healthy. Like, I think he's the left tackle, and I think you already have your starting five. You have a guy they really like at left tackle that early. And then the other four, I mean, men's played a ton. So, I mean, if you want to log him as a starter, you, you can. Four is basically starting offensive linemen, and Ernest Green, who they're high on at left tackle. Alabama's replacing four starters on offensive line. You look at LSU, their offensive line was their weakness last year. Maybe it improves because they had some young guys. Oh, I disagree with LSU,
0: that. LSU at tackle, they, they got good quick. Yeah,
3: I wouldn't say that was a weakness for that team. But especially on the interior, they, they they were struggles for a big part of that season. So I, I just have more reliance. I think Georgia's offensive line is the best in the conference. And if you have the best offensive line, it allows you to do more. And that's why I think that that's going to be big for Georgia next year. i have just that saying was, year
0: over year, LSU has a better situation at tackles this season than Georgia does.
1: And that was actually my sort of third observation from this week, Ben, was not so much who's OT two because one is Mims, he's starting – Right, left tackle, whatever they want to. But you know, if Ernest Green does start at left tackle, and, and seeing him in person, he's there was the real deal before the injury. But he's also never played. So, mm-hmm. but who's OT three? Because we've had consecutive years where you're bringing in a potential first round draft pick from a rotation standpoint. Broderick two years ago, Mims last year, to this year, where who's the who's that guy? Who's that third guy that? You know, maybe get some time, and/or is there if injury occurs to one of the other two?
2: Monroe F- Freeling, perhaps. Kirby
1: dropped two names, right? He said Freeling, yeah. and he said Blasky.
0: Like, Blasky's game- been
2: that guy, though, where he's oh. just kind of the, the backup of all backups. The the game that
0: you play, though, Jason, yeah. of like who gets the verbal shout out from Kirby because yeah. those always seem intentional. Well, I know Dean's
3: upset that his relative Warren Erickson's gone because I would have just thrown his name out there just <laughs> Dude, for Dude, <fun.
0: laughs> I saw him at Costco the other day, so he was still hanging around Athens. I didn't say hello because, you know, that'd be <laughs> kind of weird because then they would confirm that, like, we're both in the same place and two different people. Um, but no, uh, Coach Donnan said that Warren Erickson's going to have a shot with an NFL team here coming up to – I don't think he gets drafted, but I think he'll make yeah. a camp and have a shot to join the team and a lot of good players get some contracts that way.
3: I, I do agree. I think he'll get it – at least get a shot. Jason, you, you brought Monroe Freeling, by the way. My only nitpick on him is he needs to get his body, like, straightened because, like, he was, like, 280 in high school. Like, he's got to get used to playing at over 300 and getting accustomed to facing those guys because he looked great at the All-American week. And, by the way, I'll say this one bold prediction. Jordan Hall on the defensive line, maybe the best recruit in the country last year. Like, he might start games this year. He's that good. He's the most talented player in the class. The most important, because Brent kind of brought it up, Monroe Freeling and his development might be the most important of all of the true freshmen. They didn't sign a quarterback. They look at the bookend spots. They signed multiple edge rushers that they're high on. Tackle, it's him. Okay, so if he's that guy, he's their most important signee. Jordan Hall is the best guy probably in my opinion and might play really early. Uh, Jonel Aguero is another one. But Monroe Freeling is the most important signee because if he turns out that's huge long-term because he has to potentially be a star, but he has to get his body right, and he has to get – I think he needs a year to develop. He just needs a year to learn. I don't think he's going to be out there at all as a true freshman, though. I mean, this is why recruiting is relentless, right? Because mm-hmm. Georgia has a great offensive
0: line year after year after year, and then one year, that the 21 class, eh, you, you look at mm-hmm. that, and you're like offensive line doesn't like it's going to pan out for that group. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, there, I see some holes beginning to emerge here. And so you see some young guys having to, like, freely needs to be ready to go, is what you're saying. hmm
2: Yep. And that's, you know, I guess the unfortunate reality. And uh, like you said, Ben, you know, yeah, if he can at least get some, you know, add some muscle mass quickly and and uh, be prepared because uh, you never know. I and mean, We've seen it time and again with injuries, especially up front.
0: Brent, final thing, or was that three? I, I that was perfect. it.
2: That, cool. that was
1: sort of my observations. And obviously the only thing that really matters from spring is health. Go put Brock Bowers in a bubble. Go put put Ladd in a bubble. You know what they can do. All right. I am sharing
0: a screen now that has the PFF simulator, which Brent Rollins uh, says he goes to work every day. Uh, But I think he just plays on this. (laughs) Um, He does a lot of good Falcons ones, which I think are funny. Wait, I pulled it off the screen. That's the one I want. All right. Um, I will just tell you as we go because uh, we didn't do any planning with this because it's Sunday evening and uh, you know we're just kind of rolling with it. So let's first come up with the parameter because anytime I have these conversations, it it's like what are the rules? Like what should the team do? What would you do? What would be the most fun? Here's what I'm saying: if you're the GM for the team and you're trying to keep your job, what pick are you making?
1: Mm. Ooh, that's that that second line you just said there. If you're trying to keep your job, you're that's to keep a big job. one, right? <laughs> Because, like, you
0: could tank if you want to.
1: Um, (laughs) You could. I I I think Tennessee's going to be doing that, by the way.
0: Like trading Derrick Henry to do that?
1: Uh, Everybody. I don't –
3: I think – Oh, they're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Them – I'm trying to think Washington might be another one that's trying to get May and Caleb. I think those two teams.
0: All right. So, we have all the teams selected here, and we will enter – this draft, the Carolina Panthers traded up on the clock. That pick belongs to the Doc, Brent
1: Rollins. So I saw Andy joining us in the chat earlier, thinking that I would be picking Richardson <laughs> first. But...
0: Oh, I guess I should... uh Jason, you're on the clock with the Houston Texans. Oh, okay. All right, there we go. I, I'll give the on-the-clock uh spiel for everybody. All right.
1: The quarterback part of this is so fascinating because I think the this, this sort of scouting reports, like when you read all the different scouting reports, and the order with which people have them ranked is probably the same for the most part. I, I would bet uh, PFF is likely maybe the only one who has Levis ranked ahead of Stroud, but I actually think that this is going to be C.J. Stroud. And, and I think mm. from a floor standpoint, as much as Bryce Young is the unicorn of to me in, in this class, from a what he can do and his tape, I just think they're going to stay away. I don't think they're going to take him first because of the size part of it. I think it will be Stroud.
0: Hmm. Okay, no grand analysis anywhere. Else. I think Stroud is the safest quarterback in this draft with the accuracy. I, I don't think that could be incredibly wrong there may be players with higher ceilings i also think he's more likely to stay healthy than bryce young
1: so i think it's solid it's it's what do you what do you like what do you want and what's amazing about that is the cool part about what carolina did trading up now is that they control it and if houston wants to say hey we definitively want this guy you know recruit some of the picks and now they're at two so I, I think that's a possibility as well. This it's a fun draft because when you have QBs in the top top ten that people are going to be wanting to pick, it makes it more fun. All right,
0: we go on to the Houston Texans, represented by Jason. But if you mm-hmm. want me to scroll further at any point on this queue, let me know. Otherwise, y'all have access to Google too, so you can. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, I've got I've page. I've got that that page uh, pulled up myself. Um, yeah, okay. So quarterbacks, I think we all saw and have seen over the last 2 years that Houston uh, needs a quarterback and and I uh, and no no offense to Davis Mills, but um you know <laughs> I'm sure Ge- he's watching and is very <laughs> Yeah, he's so mad right now. Uh Georgia high school legend um but you know, new coach uh usually brings a new quarterback. So, uh CJ Stroud's not there. Bryce Young is uh the houston texans pick at number two
0: i'm sorry bryce
2: yeah which would that would be a miserable situation for just about anybody granted i mean Demico ryan's uh we'll see if he can uh you know turn them around defensively but i think when you're talking about a, a franchise in such dire need as houston um you need a shot in the arm and usually if you have a top pick like that you you take a quarterback and so yeah, uh, they'll they'll take one of the those two quarterbacks whichever one's available. And so there you got it. There you go for for this mock draft Bryce Young number 2. Do you nice. think that's right Jason? Do you think that will, that's the right order of those two? If we know that if
1: we basically know that QB's going to win Um two, you know it's funny. Two.
2: It's funny because uh I think they're really they're, this wouldn't have been the right order if not for the peach bowl. I think CJ Stroud uh looked like the best quarterback in the country against you know, the best defense in the country. And so, you know, yeah, he had three, you know, Ohio state has unbelievable weapons and it it really was the perfect team to give Georgia that kind of a game. So, but, but I mean, you can't take that away from him. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, they both are, they both are great quarterbacks. So I, it's hard for me to pick one over the other. It really comes down to preference and um i i get where people say would say cj stroud's the safer pick i mean bryce young's not what not six feet he's smaller uh so you have the injury concern naturally but um both are great both are elite quarterbacks and so um i i you know time will tell whether who's right or wrong with with that debate but um yeah right i mean as it stands i don't think you can you can say one picks right you know right or wrong at, at this stage. It's, it's going to be one of those things where, where you know, history and time will have to kind of be the deciding factor.
0: If Paul was here, he would just say, Will Levis is that guy. with <laughs> no context to the rest of the discussion. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. So Paul can, can live on this. I'm the Arizona Cardinals. I will select for them. Um, on deck, next on the clock will be the Indianapolis Colts, and that is Ben Choppy Bachman representing Ooh. Colts, uh, who will you know, be next in the Matt Ryan era. Oh, he got go cut? I don't know. Like, he's not coming back, is he? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, even if he did, that wouldn't be – They know. should That's sign it. Flacco, the true goat. <laughs> <laughs> so so go from Rivers to Ryan to Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the Cardinals, I, I think this is a situation where their new head coach, Kyler Murray's a mess. The offense is a bit of a mess. Just don't worry about that right now, and and take a defensive player, and just try to build on the other side of the ball. I think the Cardinals take Will Anderson here, and try to get the edge rusher. JJ uh, Watt retired, which he wasn't super productive for them anyway. But Will Anderson seems to be a can't miss prospect. I think the Cardinals probably don't let that pass by, and just figure out the offense later. Let that ship sail.
3: I have to be the one to do it, I guess. So. I'm obviously going to take Anthony Richardson here, mm. Brent's guy, because mm. now this, this is my reasoning. So the Colts obviously need a quarterback bad. They've All they've done is sign quarterbacks, trade for all quarterbacks. They have to draft one at some point, and you're sitting at four. Will Levis is a nearby guy, but Richardson, their new head coach, comes from Philadelphia. Philadelphia, what he did with Jalen Hurts. A lot of the same traits and play style as Hurts, it just makes too much sense. I think the Colts sign a quarterback. Like I think they sign like Minshew or somebody. They might sign a quarterback and be like, you know, we're going to play this guy this year because no matter what, we're going to be bad. I think Minshew just signed somewhere. I, th- I think they signed somebody, but I think they're going to draft Richardson. You sit him for a year. It's the perfect system. They, they get the – the, uh, then next year you draft and you sign offensive linemen and then you try to win the following year. And I think this is the perfect system for him. And this team has to pick a quarterback. You're in the top four. They have to get a young guy. And you have to get him now. So I think that they're going to take Richardson because his ceiling's higher than Levis. Don't like either of them, but his ceiling's higher.
2: Gosh, that's that's just unfortunate.
0: Coach Donovan told me he said everybody's trying to recreate what Jalen Hurts did with the Eagles. And um, I think he's right. I think a lot of NFL teams think they can. My retort, and I told this to Brent the other day on film, don't lie. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a great college career, and neither Anthony Richardson or Will Levis match that. So I don't know if these comparisons are there.
1: So it's just very confident from those teams. I think the big thing with Indianapolis, too, both Indianapolis and Houston, like being in the AFC is such a different animal. And we've talked about this before, but Mahomes, Burrow, <laughs> Allen, Lawrence, Herbert, possibly still Lamar, like just – all the QBs that are in the AFC, you have to if you're in Annapolis, just take the swing on the high potential you know hype guy in a way. but it's it's still one where you're like, oh wow, I don't think it didn't feel like Florida had the fourth overall pick on the on their team. Uh, fifth pick is going to be
0: the Seattle Seahawks and Brent Rollins has them a quick note um, as I, this is going to bounce around a little bit because I created this order as we were on the air here. You all heard that happen. Um, There's a couple teams that i prioritized. So like I followed the saints a little bit more. Uh, So I, I have them for me. Ben has the Ravens. Jason is going to get the Falcons. So this is not going to be just like back to back to back rolling order for all of us. The other thing, Teams that had two selections in the first round, I'll try to make sure that that love was spread out between us. So like the Texans had two picks. Jason had that. So he's going to get a little bit of skipped here um, as we kind of get through this. Not that anyone's like keeping tally or I'm going to get angry text messages after for like, why wasn't I in the mock draft earlier? Just trying to explain why this is bouncing around and filibustering because I didn't tell Brent he was on the clock. And now the Seahawks can make their fifth overall selection of the draft.
1: This to me, five and six is prime Jalen Carter territory. Now that you have some level of finality in a way to the uh, to the ancillary stuff, I, I just I I don't see a team not picking him. Like I don't see Seattle and or Detroit not picking him because to me he's just clearly by far and away the best player and. You know, the ants, the off the field, the character discussion, all that stuff and how he did it the pro day. It wasn't good. None of it was good. But I think the kid is to the point like you have to look at football character in a way. And then also, do you have a system in place that can help him adjust to the pro setting? Which, by the way, if he falls to Atlanta at eight, I, I think he's perfect for Atlanta at eight because of Grady Jarrett already being there. The ultimate professional. But I think Seattle, from a system Pete Carroll and who he is and what he does, I think they pick Jalen Carter. I don't think he gets past six, at at the lowest.
0: The Lions are unhappy about that. I'm selecting for the Lions, and they would have (laughs) taken Jalen Carter in that spot. Uh, So I have a. I mean,
1: I I think though that's worth discussion. Like, is where do you guys see the floor now for Carter? Floor ceiling. I think the floor is 9 with the Bears. Like like
0: the theory Eight, that I nine, came up yeah. with is that the Bears told him to go get fat for 3 weeks and be there at number 9 and was we'll sliding a million dollars under the table beforehand. I don't think that actually happened, but if I was a GM, you better believe I'd try.
2: Yeah, the floor is 9. I think the Bears if he falls to the Bears, the Bears take him and then I think his ceiling is probably uh I mean, yeah, probably 3
3: maybe Cardinals.
2: Yeah, 3. But I mean yeah, exactly. at, this, at this point I just don't know because of I think from a football be, being drafted standpoint I think the pro day was more harmful than the the tragedy that you know he was he was involved with I mean because obviously that that incident was just uh I mean I mean it, it was you know we all we all know what, what happened but I think just from a football standpoint not being in shape for pro day uh, I think that that actually does more harm to his draft status than than the other stuff
1: because teams are always looking for reasons not to draft you as much as they are looking for reasons to draft you. But this is one where, you know, I, I think just sort of the you got off field kind of clouds in a way. I think back to I think it was the mid 90s, 95, maybe. I think it was 95. Mike Mamula and Derek Alexander went ahead of Warren Sapp, like who was clearly the second or third best player in that draft. And he fell to 12. Like, I just I I don't think someone's going to I think he's going at five, six at lowest. He's a great player. I mean, I don't see how you
0: bypass him if you feel comfortable with a person, right? Yeah. And I mean, he was productive for Georgia for three years. And I I don't know. I, I think some of the like his teammates always rep for him. And I don't think that all of them would do that if there was something critical there that people need to see. I, I just feel like a lot of that's overhyped, frankly. All right. Who's next? That would be me with the Detroit Lions. And actually, Brent, you're also on the clock with the Raiders, because after you is Jason with the Falcons. So that's our next two. So the Lions, I think, are not in the greatest spot here, because they have a pretty high pick. They're a decent team. And yeah, Will Levis is there, but if you look at the last six weeks of the regular season, they had some of the best quarterback play in the NFL. With a guy that no one wanted. and So I don't think that they view Levis as a solution that they need. So I I think they go to a position of need. They get to a productive player and a fast guy. I'm going to have the Lions taking Christian Gonzalez, cornerback from Oregon, to shore up the secondary a little bit and hope to have a similar effect to what you saw the Jets do uh, with the corner that they
1: drafted out of Cincinnati in Sauce Gardner. He's been consistently mocked there recently, too because of how bad their defense was.
0: Thank you for not mocking me. (laughs) We move ahead to the Las Vegas Raiders, and Brent Rollins has that pick. Uh, Choppy, your next one's going to be the Eagles at
1: 10. You'll have two Eagles picks in this draft. Oh, okay. So this one you also see consistently mock, and it's the next name listed on the screen. But I just have a feeling they're not going to take him. I just have a – and – I can see the Raiders doing the very a very Raiders thing. What the fastest forty? That's what they usually do. <laughs> and, and and just like pick kicker the in the first round. Biggest fat like I, like to me, Tyree Wilson. Like, I, I think they're I think they're going to pass on QB because I think if there's one guy that falls out of those four QBs, I do think it's Levis.
3: Tyree Wilson. Raiders are dumb enough to do it. I, I have. A- if, if I was in Brent's shoes, I would just say they would do it. I wouldn't do it, though. <laughs> but I love where this lines up because we get to Jason but
0: We get to the Atlanta Falcons. And Will Levin the us- of- is there on the board. And if they don't go quarterback, then that means that they are happy to be riding with Desmond Ritter for the upcoming season.
1: Hey, don't forget about Taylor
2: Heineke. Come on now.
0: They do have Heineke. I'll tell you what.
2: I'll tell you what. taylor heineke i i am I, I would actually for the falcons this is Speaking gonna sound of georgia as,
0: legend by the way as crazy,
2: crazy as crazy as it sounds with who's left at quarterback when we're talking about a first round whatever they are better off with taylor heineke than will levis 100 now they want to take a shot on another quarterback in the mid rounds it's kind of like what they did with ritter stetson stetson sure uh, you know, go for it. Um, but if they take Will Levis, which they might, I don't know, then it's your pick. You're the one pick. Well, my my pick, my pick as as uh the fill in Falcons GM as Terry Fontenot is Broderick Jones, hundred percent. Ooh, let me slide
0: down my list. Uh, you gotta BFF go a little further down. Has yeah. Broderick down here? I think here He's twenty
3: fifth. Yep, that's
2: crazy. But he's. I mean, I think with uh post combine, he's one of the top you know offensive line prospects uh he fits a need jake matthews uh how much longer does he have um they just they just signed caleb mcgarry uh he's obviously gonna stay at right tackle so you you sign him for 11 and you know you never know what what he you know could he contribute early at at guard or something like that too uh you know i'd be be interested to see kind of if if, uh he, he was able to if they took him if he could filling out left guard, or if they just move Matthews on anyway. Uh, so left tack, I mean, I, I, I think that's a no-brainer for them. So
0: if in reality know. the Falcons would draft Levis in this exact situation, I want you to know that there will be a contingent of Georgia-slash-Falcons fans that will be lobbying for Jason Butt to be the new general manager of the Atlanta. <laughs> because I- Roger Jones is a much safer a solid pick there than what will. So
2: here's the other thing. If you're going to go out and get Taylor Heineke after the the year, the up and down year he had, first of all, this guy, Arthur Smith um, made Ryan Tannehill a, a pretty solid player in that offense. And then you notice that Tannehill started regressing the years after Arthur Smith left Tennessee. I, I think Taylor Heineke kind of fits that role. As a, a pretty decent stopgap quarterback. And I don't think they need to draft. They, they can, if they can get a solid offensive line with the Tyler Algier, looked awesome last year, by the way. Yeah. I don't say a whole lot of nice things about the Falcons offense. And, and Tyler Algier was, by the end of the year, I, I thought this guy, he, he has, he's on my radar second round fantasy football, if I'm lucky <laughs> enough to get him then. So. I think if they can rely on on their strong running game, have Taylor and, and Taylor Heineke can just not make some of the stupid mistakes he made in Washington at times. Uh, yeah, just just address either the offensive or defensive line to start the year, and I, I think uh, sticking that uh, you know offensive line, especially looking toward the future, is uh, an incredibly smart move for for the Falcons.
1: Two two things with their with the Falcons. One, I don't think you can rule out B. John Robinson here. Just because I, I as much as I don't like it, I don't Ooh. think you can rule it out based on Fontenot's talking about best player available. He would be fired.
0: You can't drive I don't, I right don't know. I don't off. know if
2: you can make an argument for Bijan Robinson being well, best I, player available. I don't I, I, I They need I everything. I,
1: I agree. They, I, right, I, I wouldn't do it, but I would say I wouldn't do it back. at all. I would no, I wouldn't do it anywhere, shape or form. Yeah. But I, I could see them possibly oh, doing it. that. I mean, just if to, you, to say, hey, we're going to give Ritter everything. If you
0: try to pull that, then you go get Smith and Jigba and just say, we're going to load up a receiver and healthy offense.
1: That possibly too. But the other thing is, I don't think they are technically out of the Lamar deal. Because I don't think anything, anyone is out on Lamar because I would bet the teams that would want him are waiting until the draft and after the draft. Because if I'm Atlanta and i know i got to give up two first round picks for lamar why not make my eighth pick drafts passed. now hey let's talk about lamar and the two first round picks i'm giving up for the next two years whether that are going to be in the 20s likely i think lamar and
0: some an internet buffering choppy ravens
1: yeah. fan pop in there
3: all right, I'll say the Lamar thing. First off, for those not knowing about the Lamar situation, he says he's going to do an exclusive interview with himself on his YouTube. I don't know how <laughs> this is going to happen. So he's going to exclusively interview himself somehow. And I I think his situation's interesting. Like I think the Falcons make a lot of sense doing it cuz this is my opinion. Two first round picks is actually a bargain. It's less than what Russell Wilson got, it's less than what Deshaun Watson got. He's a better player than both. He doesn't come with the baggage that both of them come with. So I actually think now it makes sense. The issue is the contract. That's the biggest issue with the Lamar hurdle. I'm letting you know the Falcons are trade two first-round picks for him in a second. All these teams are trading two first-round picks for him. You're not going to get a better quarterback than him. Even Stroud and Young, likely they're as good or better than Lamar, not that high. It just isn't that high. They could be, still not that high. The odds are against them. It's the contract. And I think that for the Falcons, it's if they pay that fully guaranteed contract, Arthur Blank's going to realize the other owners are going to be coming after him and they're going to be pissed at him. And the Falcons are going to be the team that sets the president for fully guaranteed deals. And now every quarterback is going to have to get one, and the owners do not want that. That's why Lamar's in a tricky situation right now, and that's what's being worked out. If the Falcons want everything to work out, they need to get a deal with him that isn't fully guaranteed, and be like, you know what? The Ravens are like, you know what? We're fed up with them, and they're just done. That's the dream deal for the Falcons, because if the Falcons don't got to pay fully guaranteed and it's only two first-round picks, that's a steal for Atlanta. And their offense, Arthur Smith, that running game, their offensive line's actually pretty decent, especially on the interior. They got a tight end in pits, maybe, and they just got Johnny Smith, two tight ends. Lamar would fit perfect in Atlanta. That division sucks. Lamar and Atlanta, I think they win the South. So Falcons fans, I think you would win the South. I don't think you'd win a Super Bowl. Because I think your roster is still humstrung on defense and you need another few weapons and whatnot, but you would win your division with him. I, that all, that's all I'm saying. So if the Falcons get him and it's a non guaranteed contract, I just
0: imagine that all of a sudden Lamar Jackson's like a minority owner in Home Depot and you're going to start see <laughs> him have just like, yeah, you know, he's going to own a store, a Home Depot store in Dunwoody for like out of nowhere. All right, let's move along. Uh, I have the Chicago Bears. Uh, choppy you'll be next with the eagles brent you have the titans at 11 jason you'll have the texans with their second pick at 12. um chicago bears are pretty upset here i think that Roderick jones is off the board and and seeing that i think the bears run up quickly with the card and keep uh, peter Skoronsky in the chicago area taking him from northwestern and trying to not get justin fields killed Because he ran for his life and he's good at that, but needs a little bit of help.
3: Okay. So the Eagles lost Javon Hargrave and Canty's on the board from Pitt. I just think that's a simple pick there. They got their corners back. They have receivers. Just keep adding to the defensive line. I I think they just take Canty. He's the second best interior defensive lineman to Jalen Carter. Keep that D line strong. Their corners are good. Their offensive line, they drafted a bunch of guys last year. And I think Kelsey's back. So Eagles just take the defensive lineman. I think they're
0: moving along. Jordan Davis gets a little help on the inside there.
1: So this is me at eleven here with with Tennessee Titans. Uh, you, I'm, said I,
0: you said they may tank. So do they want Levis, or are they going to wait till next year and get it's, Kayla Williams?
1: I it's, I don't. I actually think this is Nolan Smith territory. We're getting close to in his realm. Uh, and because of the re- – like I said, I, I think they're just going to take guys that – like he's a Vrabel-type guy in terms of leader and the coach on the field, like all the ancillary pieces with, with Nolan Smith. And I think he gets into the teens because of the athletic testing – so we're going but to offensive line
0: territory.
2: I, I, all
1: right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go. Ter- Paris Johnson, actually, I, I think Ooh. from because of the need, like their need is bad, and they got rid of Taylor Lewan. They'll go Paris Johnson.
0: Next up is Houston Texans as Jason Choppy, You have the Jets at 13. Brent, you have the Patriots at 14.
2: All right. So the Texans, they got the quarterback. Now they got to go defense. Let's go with Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. Um, you know, pair uh, really fortify that secondary. Um, he's fun to watch play. He is an absolute just, he will,
1: he plays a lot bigger than his size. Fun to watch play.
2: Right. And then, you know, last year they took Stingley. Uh, so I think, uh, having, having a pretty solid, uh, tandem back there in the, in the secondary should, uh, be great for D'Amico Ryan's in, in his first year in Houston. So, uh, yeah, I, I, Texans are in great shape getting uh, you know one of the top two quarterbacks that way they don't have to take one of those, those other two that are possible first-rounders, and then they can still get a premier defender as well.
0: So if you're watching on ESPN and the draft has reached 12 picks in, the camera is just permanently on Will Levis, right?
2: At least the way we see it, it looks like it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Maybe a banana. It's and not like Paul with him. He's yeah, it's Paul not, <laughs> next to him. He's just it, crying.
0: It's <laughs> not like Aaron Rodgers bad. The time they had to like sh- you know shuffle him to the locker or the the green room so he wasn't on camera as much. But uh, yeah, I think this would be a, an awkward situation for for Levis here.
3: Okay, so I guess I'm up. Okay, this pick is probably going to Green Bay. It seems like, but they have a good defense quarterback they're getting Aaron Rodgers so I'm just going to take the next best lineman on the board that's why I was pissed he took Paris Johnson I'm just going to take Darnell Wright because you just get another tackle who's very solid to go way
1: down there by the way Dane I think he's
0: I mean I could also just like
1: search O-line yeah you're going to like I think he's right around like 60 65 something like that maybe because I, I don't know who would be the next lineman
0: he's jumping up at the senior bowl Darnell Wright Tennessee there you go 70
1: yeah. by the way Speaking of Darnell's, there's one right past me hey. that's also <laughs> have to remember that one. So, Jets fans, should they make that pick, would be
0: upset. But, like, I agree with you. It sounds like that's going to be a Packers pick. But at the moment,
1: it isn't. And what you would look at a lot of the mocks, like Broderick is stamped at 13 yeah. in a lot of mocks uh, because of the issues that, that Ben was talking about. All right, 14. I told you we were in Nolan Smith territory. I knew I had the Patriots pick coming up too. This is 100%. Bill Belichick loves him, some some Georgia Bulldogs. And there you go. He gets his – he gets kind of his rabble in a way that he can move everywhere, do a bunch of different things with, smart, and the intangibles. I, I do think Nolan has, with the athletic testing, put himself into the mid to late teens category, despite maybe some of the size, sort of non-traditional edge size.
0: Um, I didn't necessarily design it this way, but I have the Packers pick here being Ben. So maybe this is All um, right, they're not going to pick a receiver, so
1: I'm I'm just I'm they, wouldn't they that, do wouldn't it. that be hilarious though? <laughs> Speaking of, just think about that. If they trade Rod, trade Rodgers for 13 and then have 13 and 15 and it's receiver and tight end. Yeah. That's what they do after getting rid of Rodgers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going tight end and I'm going uh, Michael Mayer here. I just think he's the prototypical tight end in their offense. And Notre Dame guy up there in Green Bay, I just think it fits too well. They don't have a tight end on the roster. Get a guy like that who will be perfect with for Jordan Love.
0: All right, so that's the Packers at 15. 16th Commanders, that's Jason. Steelers Ooh, at 17 comments. will be Brent. And I have the Lions at 18. Choppy, you'll have the Buccaneers at 19. So we're at a uh, commanders with the 16th overall pick. If you look at the teams that need quarterbacks here, mm. the, the, commies mm. the
2: commies with with a quarterback need. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. We're pulling the trigger with Will Levis to to the nation's capital. Sam so this, Sam How
1: Will Levis battle?
2: This is this is a uh, typical Washington move right here uh the, the stupidity uh that permeates in the NFL at times they'll likely have new ownership by the time this takes place they'll want to do all the right things a new quarterback uh hopefully rejuvenate ron rivera um so yeah and and plus uh, you know it kind of fits with ron rivera in terms of uh, skill set in terms of what ron rivera wants to do but uh it would be such a dumb pick but it's so that is so washington so yes <laughs> We're going with it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So I'm, I'm, it's me now, right, with the yeah, Steelers, Pittsburgh
0: Steelers, Brent Rollins.
1: I feel like we got to just take the junior out of it and just because the lineage, Joey,
0: Joey Porter Jr. Tomlin would do it just for that reason, right?
3: <laughs> I mean, he took Pickett because he went to Pitt, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you can't justify taking Kenny Pickett other than, in the first round, other than the fact they went to the same. Using the same facility
0: all those years. All right. Cool. So that brings me to the Detroit Lions. Earlier, I took Christian Gonzalez from Oregon as a defensive play. I think the Lions stick with defense and I think they work on the defensive line here. I, I think the Lions and Miles Murphy kind of feel like simpatico. So I have, it, it, frankly, either of the Clemson guys would probably fit in and help what they have on the defensive front. But Mur- Murphy's a good player. He's more versatile than Breezy, so I have Miles Murphy to the Detroit Lions.
3: Oh, boy. I, I got to be the one who keeps taking these SEC East guys on other teams. It looks like the Bucks' offensive line is atrocious.
0: Uh, by the way, Seahawks will be Brent, uh, and then I have Chargers. Ben, you'll have Ravens, and Jason, you have Vikings.
3: Okay, so – I might go Osiris Terrence here at the guard because I think he's the only – he, to me, is at least a late first-round pick. And they need offensive line anyway. Like, if I'm Tampa Bay in this spot, first off, I'm trading back because they have a lot of needs and they have cap issues. But I am taking Osiris Terrence just because they need a lineman. So the best lineman available, take them. A lot of uh, people staying in their own
0: state in this draft. I've noticed. So Florida guy goes to Tampa. Let's go Seahawks here. And that is Brent Rollins. You know, you have, this is the second pick you've made with the Seahawks, correct? Yep. And I I think took Jalen Carter, would they go two for two?
1: And I think they go double dog and we go down a little bit on the, on the board to like 40, I think 40s. No, I think he's maybe even further down. He's in the sixties. You're making me good, so because of their style of play and how they do things, you call right them home, there, Keely Ringo. Ooh, I do think Georgia gets five guys in the first round again. Well, double dog action there. And hey, have the support system for Jalen, hey fellow teammate. There you go. The Dolphins forfeit the next pick because, you know, of course. Well, I would say before – I think that's a great discussion point, though. <laughs> do you guys think Keeley gets in the first round? I do just because, like, you can't teach that body that speed.
2: Well, the rest he's, of it can
1: be taught.
0: That
2: defense is cover three, and that's what, uh, you know, what he – Everybody says – I'll leave it up to you, Brent. You, you obviously know more than, than uh, the rest of us uh, about that sort of scheme fit thing, but that seems to be what everybody says is that that's the type of defense that he will project greatly into in the NFL.
0: Pick 21, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. My best friend is a Chargers uh, fan, unfortunately for him, because they were close for a while and now they're not very close I think they have to give Herbert some help to hope to get him back on track. I I think it may be a bit of a risk because Jackson Jackson, Smith and Jigba has not played mostly in a year, but neither um, you know that's happened a couple times in recent years, and it worked out. Bengals worked out for them, so I will go Jackson Smith and Jigba
1: to try to help out on the West Coast with Justin Herbert. You know, and I think he's kind of unfortunately getting one. You got the injury thing and not playing all year. But he's kind of to me getting a little bit miss sort of cast as the only a slot guy. Like he played with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Yeah. Like just look at the rookie years those guys had. Somebody had to play in the slot and he was better suited for it. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be the best receiver from this draft.
3: Like far enough. Yep. I'm picking at 22. That's who I was going to take.
0: Sorry, like sorry, Baltimore.
3: I'm, I'm I'm not sold on Quentin Johnston at all. I'm not. I'm going Jordan Addison here. Just especially with the season before, they they need receiver. I mean, they finally need. It. They've never drafted a good receiver in my lifetime, actually, ever <laughs> in their franchise history. I mean, we we had a first round pick who's been hurt his first two years in the league. Rashad Bateman say, oh, my GM called me out because he said we've never drafted an All per receiver. Yes, because we've never drafted an All per receiver. That's why we need a receiver. Lamar's exclusive interview. Hopefully, it's with either Jack Spiff and the Jigbo or Jordan Addison. I think Addison's the best receiver on the board right now. Lock it in. You know, like you know, Todd Monken gets Addison. That's not bad. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about Johnston is you think about him,
1: you know, size, like 6'3, big physical guy mm-hmm. that, oh, this be, he'd be a good contested catch guy. He wasn't. No, he wasn't very good at it. And like all season, not just against Georgia, but that was interesting about him, I think.
0: Minnesota Vikings are on the clock, and that is Jason. I have the Jaguars next. Uh, Choppy, you'll have the Giants. Brent, you're back up with the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, so um, it's it's crazy. You know, it's, it's funny how in the NFL drafts the runs typically happen, and so let's keep the, the run on receivers continuing. Uh, Quentin Johnson – Johnston, sorry. Uh, they just released Adam Thielen. Um, makes perfect sense to – in today's past – happy era of football to go and uh, replace him with somebody uh, very affordable um, that you can go opposite of, um, you know, their uh, cr- crazy, crazy good uh, receiver, Justin Jefferson. So, um, yep, we'll go with uh, Johnston there and, uh, you know, uh, see well, if he has not have
1: Kirk Cousins.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> They got to do yeah, – I, I mean, I don't know. They'll, they'll still screw it up in the postseason, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter who they draft in the grand scheme of things. But that just seems to be a fit. Uh, I know they have some other positions in need, but um, in terms of addressing uh, – uh, giving Jefferson some help, uh, you know, at, at the receiver position and Cousins too, for that matter, that um, just makes sense there. I
0: have Jacksonville at 24. This may, this probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they just gave Evan Ingram the franchise tag. But I think the Jaguars are really, really close to being really, really good. And Trevor Lawrence.
2: I know where you're going with this. I I have a feeling.
0: Trevor Lawrence is that guy. Whatever Paul says about that guy, Trevor Lawrence is what all that guy's want to be.
3: By the way, does Paul really love, like, he's a Levis Truther? He loves a joke. Well, I think after the season, he backed off a little bit because yeah. with Jason and me, he's been like, I got to steer away a bit because before the year, he's like, he might win the Heisman. He's a sleeper to win the Heisman. And now he's like, oh, shit. I'm he was the last summer.
2: He did shut up about him. All right.
0: Sorry, <laughs> Dane. So having one unicorn already, I think Jacksonville says Ingram is enough of a receiver hybrid. Let's get another kind of tight end, more of the blocking hybrid.
2: Why is he so far down this list?
0: Darnell Washington, Jacksonville Jaguars. Put him in the AFC championship game.
3: Let's go. But I have a question for Brent real quick. Does Mike Renner make this list? Because I saw his tweet. He, if he if he does, that makes he, sense why Washington's down there. He doesn't think he should be like a first three-round pick. Because right. he doesn't think he can catch the ball or get open. Apparently he thinks everything's scheme dope, him, which is not the case. I, I think that's the – and in terms of who makes the – it's him primarily, yes.
1: Okay, then that makes sense that he's at 70 because I know that guy hates him. so <laughs> He's at number
0: one for me. I, he's the most irreplaceable. Everyone else in this draft, you can kind of find someone that does what they do. There's not anyone that Darnell Washington can replace what he does. I, he is special, man. And, like, Georgia probably still wins a national championship without him because they still have Bowers, But, like, it's been
3: a lot harder. I'll tell you that. Thank God he did not fall to Cincinnati. That would be a – problem if he was in Cincinnati the New York football giants on
0: the clock that has been Bachman uh get Dallas Cowboys next will be Brent Jason you have the Buffalo Bills I'll take the Bengals Bills. at 28 I'll also get the Saints at 29 um
3: Brent your last pick will be the Cowboys all right is I guess I'm going Zay Flowers here they just got um Darren Waller well I just disappeared uh they just got Darren Waller so they do not need a tight end receiver their receivers are awful they're similar to the Ravens. They have no receivers, so this is the best receiver on the board. Say Flowers
0: goes to the Giants. Hey, frankly, yes, he may be the best receiver on the board. I like the upside of uh, – is it Downs from North Carolina? Yeah, you, you, yeah. you skipped him. Yeah, yeah. He's up right I like Do I like
1: Jordan. him too. So it's me with the Cowboys. Yep. They just got rid of Zeke. Like the running backs, but I'm actually, I I think Branch as a value pick here is the. I I do think he's a true first round pick, very safety, corner slot, versatile play wherever. I do think it's Brian Branch on this based on how our board has fallen.
0: Second Alabama player off the board, and we have four Georgia players off the board. Hmm. No, wait, Will Anderson. That's three Bama players. Yep. I forgot about him.
2: Buffalo Bills. Man, this is tough. Um, they need uh, offensive line help, as we saw in the playoffs. So I am going to go to. I'm trying to on the fly, go decide between two players. But let's let's just go with the PFF best one, Luke Whipler, um, from Ohio from Ohio State. So you're going center. Center. We are going center.
0: All right. It's a little further down there. Yep. I'm I'm keeping on scrolling. Yep. There is Whipler from Ohio State. Position of need. keeps. Is uh, B. John still on the board?
1: He yes, he, he very much is.
0: He's going to fall in your
1: lap at 30. Ben. Hey,
0: wait, am,
3: am, am I Cincinnati? Or I'm, the, you, I, right?
0: I'm the Bengals. I, would, I wouldn't subject you to that. You, oh, you would take for thank it. Thank you.
3: Yeah. So, Joe Burrow, Bengals.
0: I look at this, and I look at the players available, and I say offense is hanging out pretty good, making the investment to keep T. Higgins around. This seems like a spot where Brian Breesey can make a difference mm-hmm. and be kind of an annoying player in that division for opponents for a while. I, I think Breezy to the Bengals makes some sense. I don't and know if you're saying
3: that's why I would be iffy on Kincaid there.
0: Well, because I have the New Orleans Saints, uh, a, for people that don't follow, if I had to pick a favorite NFL team, it's probably the Saints because of the family that I'm married into. A lot of them are from uh, my wife's family is – Half of them are from, like, Mississippi, and they were closer to New Orleans. And I just fell in love with the city of New Orleans because of the food and nothing else. Um, So I know more about the Saints. I'm a Pelicans fan as well. I think the Saints oddly are making a play to contend this season when everything about their cap situation says run the other way. But you get Carr, you sign a competent backup quarterback in Jameis coming back, give them some tools to work with. I think this is where Dalton Kincaid goes and they get a good receiving tight end that helps him blocking too. And then maybe you tear it down after this and he can hang around for the
3: rebuild. All right. I, I'm taking Bijan here. If he's at 30 for Philly, no reason not to do it. I, I think their offensive line is still going to be good next year. Cause I think they signed guys and drafted guys last year. So if you get the best running back who, in terms of just a sheer talent, might be a top 10 talent in the draft. You get that in the backfield with Hertz, and you get to refix basically almost most of your defensive holes with re signing guys and drafting. I think I had him drafting Cansey at 10, D line set, edge rusher set. They are a team that has the luxury to take him. If they get him with their second first round pick, that rushing attack is going to be scary.
1: The reason I brought him up earlier with the Falcons, like you, you look at the, you know, the, draft guys that most of us see in terms of prominence with like Daniel Jeremiah that's been on the UGA sports podcast before Dane Brugler that does for the athletic, both of those guys have like Daniel Jeremiah had Bijan third in his big board. Like, so in terms of just overall player and it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Cause I do think he goes in round one. It's just a matter of where. And he may be,
0: but it's an economy, man, and running backs don't work in this economy that way anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean, so. at that pick though, at thirty, you pay them for the fi- the rookie contract, and there you go. I, I think and it becomes it actually probably becomes a decent value pick at that point. Based no. on what, what's a decent value pick
0: is what Jason said that the Falcons did last year at running back, yes. or what did we see from the Chiefs this season? Like, when they took Clyde over to Lair a couple years ago, that was not a pick that worked out. Pacheco. And Pacheco looks great. Now, speaking of the Chiefs, Jason Butt, you get to wrap up with the Super Bowl champs. The Super and Bowl champs. Yeah. I will remind you that Juju Smith-Schuster is gone. He's a Patriot. Yeah. Miko Hardman, I don't think is going back there, but I don't know where he's going, so he might. Um, this is a spot that they have taken receivers in the past i wouldn't say that that necessarily has been where their receiver production has come from
2: right and um, that's the thing uh you look you look at um, history and they love fast receivers and i think them the micole the pick was kind of trying to mimic Tyree kill in a way and um, you know he, he turned out not to be that kind of player but uh here's a guy uh from Houston, Nathaniel Dell. Uh he's a 449 guy I'm looking at his profile here, but I mean, you look at kind of his build looks he's the part to me. Yeah, looks the part to me. Um we're just going to go with him. I know Josh Downs is another guy, but we're going to go with Nathaniel Dell. Um I like the the offense he's coming out of as well. Uh even I don't necessarily like the coach, I like the scheme. But uh So we're going to go with Nathaniel Dell to to wrap up the uh, first round with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So here's
0: our recap for people to see. This is what we did. Brent, overall, because I know you look at a ton of mock drafts as well, do you think this is realistic or did
1: we screw up and make some weird things happen? I think a few guys maybe went higher than they're projected, and a few guys like Darnell and Ringo in particular – uh, and a few guys, maybe like Brian Branch, went a little lower than, than most project them. But for the most part, what's interesting about every draft every, every year is you get through round one because they reset it. And you do It's a whole nother day. And you get to, everybody gets to sort of reevaluate. And you're like, how is that guy still on the board? How did that guy not get picked? And there's usually five or six of those that are instantly the top of the line. guy, Like Tyson Campbell was a few years ago, I think. Uh, when he got picked 33rd or 34th with Jacksonville. I think he was 33rd, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, how did this guy not end up being a first-round pick? And then everybody sort of redoes their board, and you you see those guys go quickly uh, in round two. But, like, the biggest – the quarterback order and does one fall, where does Jalen go, and does Georgia get five guys in the first round? I think those are, at least from those of us that that follow UGA Sports and and what's going on here, I, I think those are the biggest questions. I like that we had a runner on receivers. That felt very
0: true to the NFL draft. The point, though, that I would make at running back again, though, with a Bijan, like I think Devin A. chain is a great running back, and I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. And maybe he's a second or third round pick, but in terms of like money and value, I think he's going to be every bit as good based compared to expectation as as Bijan. And I say that in part because like Saquon Barkley was the best running back prospect we've seen in what ten years, and he's been fine, but injuries so i think it's just unpredictable and you can find a lot of talent in a lot of places at that particular position it seems like to me quarterbacks go earlier than ever edge rushers go earlier than ever and lockdown corners go earlier than ever
2: i think that's the thing about running back it's uh kind of like what you said uh you can get you know if the the guy's right if if the the evaluation is that this guy's can't miss and you can plug him in and he can be dangerous for your team then yeah I, I don't see why there should be a problem with taking a running back in the first round but like saquon but it's the one position where you can almost just just wait you get a guy in the 5th round and next thing you know that guy's contributing it's uh and pacheco is a, a good example uh this past year with the chiefs in the 7th round so uh there's really that that's the one position that is just uh if, if the evaluation is this this guy is you know in you know potential pro bowl player all pro player uh pro bowl is nothing anymore so all pro we're going to go with that that measure if he's a potential all pro player there's no reason not to do it but man there's so much value uh at, at that position in later rounds and and you can uh and and if the player's a success um you know the, the negotiating i guess you know it's different, and then you don't have to pay that, that the, the first-round rookie contract, I guess is really what I'm trying to say. But it As all evens
0: out, right? The offense is showing you how this is changing in the sense that, like, yeah, you can kind of figure running backs out, but it used to be that's what you did with your tight ends, especially that you second and mm-hmm. third tight end, and now you have to pay tight ends more than you ever
2: have. Yeah, the game's changed. It's the evolution um, in terms of the money. It's uh, It's definitely not going toward the running backs anymore. You look at second contracts for a running back, and it's almost like they are so fortunate to get them. Uh, and get really, really good ones, uh, as opposed to um, you know where it was twenty, you know, fifteen, twenty years ago, where it was yeah you know, they play out their rookie deal and then they're gonna they're gonna break the bank, and it's just that that's not happening at the the same rate as it once was, and and that's another reason why uh, you might as well. And when, when it comes to the salary cap, if you can get somebody on a third, to seventh round deal, um, and that player can contribute, uh, you're so much better off.
1: So, Jason, would you hate if the Falcons took Jameer Gibbs
2: at 44? I mean, I wouldn't hate it if, if, that, if that's the evaluation. Um, I, I just think that when, when – it, it, it's why if, if you it, – it's just my explanation, I guess, as to why teams are have moved away from it. I mean, again, mm-hmm. if they evaluate somebody like this player can do so much for my team right now yeah, I, I see nothing wrong with it. I, I have, I had nothing wrong with the Saquon pick when it happened. I have a friend who's a Giants fan who had to talk himself into the pick because, you know, that was there was definitely, or I should say, the NFL was had already been moving in that direction when the Giants took Saquon. I think it was the fourth overall, and so, uh, even so, I mean, I, I, injuries aside, you look at what he did last year. I think, uh, you know, he's he's a tremendous talent, and uh, I, I don't fault the giants for making that pick i wouldn't fault the the falcons for taking a running back in the second round if they felt like that was uh, a player that um you know was at the top of the board uh at, at the same time it's just you can still get the value i see why teams don't adhere to that philosophy of taking a running back in, that early anymore
0: looks like the things to watch in this draft what do your ravens do choppy with lamar jackson does he stay put did they figure that out and then aaron Rodgers on the yeah. move because that kind of Changes everything in the middle of the draft if the if the Jets-Packers situation works that's, itself out.
1: By the way, I intend to play for the Jets next year. No trade has been made. That's amazing. <laughs> you, know what,
3: you know what's great about that, that? I saw a tweet. He's the quarterback of the Packers. He's the GM of the Jets, and he's the owner of the Bears. It's just the greatest thing. <laughs> oh, that's is. a good one. It's yeah, true. It's, good. it's true. He owns the Bears every time, and now he's making the moves for the Jets, and he's still the Packers quarterback. Just suppose they sign all these people and it's like, you're not giving us fair compensation. We're just going to keep them. It's, it's a waste of the truth. He retires at that point. <laughs> he just retires. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't trade him, he retires. I fully goes believe. Back that. to
2: the dark room. Yeah. He goes back to the darkness. When, when he opened up, he said, uh, When I entered the darkness, he said that on Pat McAfee's show. I about lost it. It's just uh, how, when, when do you hear a franchise NFL quarterback <laughs> Hall of Famer? Start a sentence with When I entered the darkness,
1: hey, one of these days, 400 and something thousand people are going to be watching us do a mock draft live.
0: <laughs>
2: let's, uh,
1: let's
0: not wait on that to happen. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for letting me and Brent come in and
3: uh kind of take over your uh, your
0: Sunday show because it was a better show. <laughs> I wonder,
3: it, it was. I mean, in part addition by subtraction, but that, <laughs> be that being here, please. I, This is not just like a public joke
0: thing. Ben put this in our group chat for Paul to see. He's like, it's going to be a better show. (laughs) So
3: at least you're on brand, my friend. I mean, I only speak in facts. You know, that's what I say. So (laughs) hopefully he's doing better. But if he doesn't come back on the show again, doesn't matter to me. (laughs) Wow. (laughs)
0: On that note, we all love each other here at (laughs) UGASports.com. We appreciate you watching us. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, Go back and check out some more. Uh, NFL preview draft stuff, both on this show, but then when Brent and I have done film don't lie stuff, uh, we broke down some Georgia things. We'll be doing a bit more of that as we get closer to the draft as well. Over under, guys, let's wrap with this. Is it four and a half for Georgia players drafted in the first round?
1: That's a good number to set it. Yeah.
2: I four and a half for sure. Cause I mean, I think, uh, I think you're getting four, front. the four that we put in. I think you're, you know.
3: I think Ringo is the iffy one, right? He's the That's what one. I think. I think he's more iffy than Washington. Yes, I,
1: I do think because you just don't see what Darnell is. Darnell is too unique. Yeah. And there's too many teams later in the, the 20s and even up through the Chiefs that love multiple tight end sets that are going to take him. Like, like Jacksonville. Like you, The Jacksonville is the perfect place for him.
3: But also Cincy. They basically – he's That's an offensive good. lineman and a tight end. They have no tight end. Their offensive line has been bad. He can do so many things for him. I don't want that to happen for my sake, but if I'm a Cincy fan, like well, he's the perfect pick.
0: With, with Jacksonville, what I was thinking was that offense was already getting better and better and better last year. Add on Calvin Ridley if he's right, and then add on Darnell Washington. Whoa. Watch out. The run game? Oof. They They yeah. probably need to take a running back somewhere in the fifth round to help out too. Uh, but is great. I think that they going to need another body there.
2: So you're telling me I'm putting a futures pick on the Jaguars to win the Super Bowl?
0: I'm telling you I can't bet in the state of Georgia, so you might as well.
2: Yeah.
3: Jason can, right? Can you? Yeah, yeah I'm thinking about yeah.
2: it now that you say all these things.
3: Oh, yeah, no, that betting's legal. Ooh. Hey, yeah. Lawrence takes another leap. It's the only thing
0: bet. is, it, obviously, if Lawrence gets hurt, then it's done, completely done. Um, but, it's, you know, that's most teams with a starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, other than I guess the 49ers,
1: apparently that they can yeah. still
2: they can just plug
1: in anybody. <laughs> well, hey, one so one last question: If you put pick one hundred as the over under, or let's say maybe like one ten, oh. where does Stetson Bennett? You can you make me over do that. under one ten. Because I, I think, think that's in the through third round, round
0: three, six round. That's the tricky uh, part of this. So, sorry, so we've got four
1: first round quarterbacks. What Andy are the
0: quarterbacks? Are there, are there other quarterbacks that get taken ahead of Stetson?
1: Seen a lot of Hooker in the round two. Hennon Hooker, but I would not do that in any way. I, I think he's a sixth round guy at best. I mean, so, so
3: over one ten. So over saying over. Brent, for some reason, people love the. Fresno State, Jake Hanner. I don't see that one either. Because I saw him throw at the combine. I know it's shorts and t-shirt, but it did not look good. Like, I'm like, this is a college starting quarterback. I guess I'll it put it this way. If Stetson
0: Bennett is the fifth quarterback selected in this draft, he'll be top 100.
1: I think you're yeah. – I, 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 I would agree with that.
3: After seeing what happened with San Francisco, I think some teams are going to take a backup quarterback sire, especially in situations where you're like Detroit, for example. Jared Goff, good quarterback, but – There's a chance if you like a Stetson Bennett, because he's unique given his age, he's pretty experienced going to the NFL, where if you get him in the third round, that offensive line's great, they have decent weapons. I could see Detroit taking him in the third round being like, screw it. Even if he doesn't turn out for us, he can be our backup if we take a quarterback in the future. Or we have golf. So I think that's a unique spot for him. I think you're also going to see NFL teams
0: prioritize backup quarterbacks even more because this 18th game, man, like they keep adding these games. And so it's more likely that someone's going to get hurt. Maybe it's the old experienced guy, but you can take a rookie or a second year guy cheaper. So,
2: yeah, I don't know. I'm going to still go over on the, uh, the initial question. I just think that, uh, ends up in the fourth round. Yeah. Fourth, fourth, earliest, fifth round, uh, Fifth round is probably where I think he'll end up. I, I what did I say last time? Sixth round. I think after I think after the combine and the pro day, I, I think he he put himself his 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 uh
3: floor is probably the fifth. Um, I'm with um Brent on he's going to Miami. Well, know. I will say it hurt. I think was it Mike White that was the Jets
1: backup sign with Miami? Yeah. So that that kind of made me think. Uh. I mean, I'm the gonna... most awkward
0: place for him to go, is
1: Chicago, you know, because you know, behind fields again. <laughs>
0: and <laughs> the uh be the best story <laughs> i i don't know what the best situation for him is i actually thought you were gonna say dallas so. oh, the, the, okay. the best
2: situation <laughs> for him is being drafted i mean it, it, this this kid has the most unlikely. actually he's 25 he's not a kid anymore uh he has the most unlikely story of uh of any quarterback in recent memory the fact that he's about to get drafted and it's not uh, you know, will he be drafted? I think at this point, it is when he's drafted. Uh, that to me is remarkable enough. It doesn't matter what team he's on. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't count him out at this point. We saw what he did in 18 years at Georgia. So, well, I mean,
0: um, the the legends well of the Falcons never um, draft Georgia players. If they want to just like cannonball into that pool, then oh, getting Stetson Bennett
3: would be the way to do it. i, I with Brent, Brent just brought up Dallas. Like, I want to see that happen now. Imagine Dak. Like, something happens there. Hopefully things go well for him, but something bad happens there to where Stetson's the starter in Dallas. The media would be crazy with that, like seeing like all the Cowboy fans in the media. The Skip Bayless is hyping up Stetson. <laughs> that would be that would be just something else. You could you could toss him
0: into the mess with the Cardinals and just say, "Sorry, you're not going to learn from anyone." He, he no might start problem. day one, or uh, you could toss him into Denver and say, "You get Sean Payton." So you get to be kind of like Taysom Hill in a way, even though you're not like a receiver
3: at all. But. He's doing exercises on the plane, like Russell Wilson. Yeah. In yeah. Denver. Yeah.
0: Like you're you're Russell Wilson's understudy. So and then oh. you'll get to talk to him if you talk to his agent.
2: You know, any situation is good for him, but then the, you, you guys point out a couple of situations that would be terrible. And uh, yeah, Denver and Arizona would be awful situations for really any quarterback. Oh, to be drafted. Any
3: of those two quarterbacks who sit under oh. them, I'd rather just be undrafted. <laughs> right. un- Tell your agent, un- like un- any 30, 30 teams, not those two.
0: We tried to wrap this up like 10 minutes ago, yeah, and then Brent yeah. got us on Stetson Talks. So, you know, such is life. <laughs> Now you can text me about Stetson after this because that's what we do. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for uh, being around on UGASports.com. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. We'll see you uh, next weekend. I think Paul will be back for the Sunday call-in show where maybe calls get taken. So Sorry we didn't live up to that, but we did have a mock draft for you. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.